Dr. Paul Leslie Hour, helping people tell their stories. And now, your host, Paul Leslie. Hey, it's me. What's doing, folks? Thank you so much for joining me here on the Paul Leslie Hour. It is an honor. I do not take it for granted. I always love to do shows where the special guest would perform some of their songs for the listeners. It's a really honest, heartfelt experience when someone is sitting there playing their songs for you. It almost feels like they're opening up their heart. Speaking of honest and heartfelt, those are words to describe the music of this artist. This is a singer-songwriter I interviewed, Jesse Bridges. Jesse Bridges is a singer-songwriter who debuted as a recording artist in 2010 with her self-titled EP, Jesse Bridges. She then released a full-length LP entitled Let It Breathe, featuring songs that were described as everything from spirited and twangy to soulful and vulnerable. She has been called introspective and sentimental, and at times with a country feeling. She is definitely a songwriter who writes from the heart. Jessie really opened up in this interview we had, and she even sang and played some acoustic and unplugged songs. I pulled this out of the archives, and I started listening to it, and I couldn't stop. So I thought, it's time to bring this out there. I really hope you enjoy. I suggest you get the music of Jesse Bridges. You can find and download it on Amazon. You can also buy it on iTunes. You can look up the Let It Breathe album, and there's also a single that I enjoy, Naturally Cool, and another one called Do It Anyway. Let me know what you think. I hope you enjoy the interview and music of Jesse Bridges. And just remember, the Paul Leslie Hour is made possible by listeners like you. Every little bit helps. Go to thepaulleslie.com, click on support the show. I do appreciate it. Now, let's get into the show. Ladies and gentlemen, we would like you to meet Jesse Bridges. Jesse Bridges is a singer, songwriter, and guitarist, as well as recording artist. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. So, I think most stories are best from the beginning. I agree. What was life like growing up, and what kind of music did you hear? Well, I obviously, or maybe not so obviously to some people listening in, I grew up in a unique situation. I come from a a family, multi-generational Hollywood family, where growing up, although it was the only thing I knew, might not have been so typical to other people. So my immediate family, I have two sisters, one older and one younger. I'm the middle. And we loved each other a lot and fought with each other a lot especially me and my older sister, Isabel, whose birthday it is today. So happy birthday, Isabel. And my parents, who have been married since they got married back in 1977, they had a really strong relationship where my dad obviously worked a lot and was on the road. And my mom was at home with us. And my mom, my mom's actually from Fargo, North Dakota, and so she's a uh, she has that solid Midwest upbringing, and I think that because of that, my parents were really complementary to each other. And so my childhood basically consisted a lot of dad being gone, and and then coming home and 
us all having a blast with him and mom really being kind of the solid foundation that held everything together. And as far as music goes, so my family's always been really musical. My grandparents did a lot of musicals when they were first together. My grandparents got together when they were, I think my grandpa was 18 and my grandma was like 17 or 16 or something. It was like they spent a ridiculously long time together. And they would always do musicals. And so they brought that into our family. And so we would get together over holidays with my extended family and we would put on shows. And so we would do all of these Christmas songs together or, you know, my younger sister and cousin, they were about the same age and they had this whole act going where they would just wear the same exact outfit and pretend that they were twins and do the whole thing. So needless to say, I come from a very theatrical, flamboyant family. Singing was always involved. It still is today. Whenever we have a gathering, guitars and ukuleles and all sorts of instruments are busted out. Let me know if I'm talking too much and if you want to interject at all and have specific questions because I can ramble. I will tell you, I have made it a process for 10 years. I'd never interrupt anyone. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm letting you know that if you feel like you want to, like there's something that, that I'm touching on but not following through on, please let me know. I was introduced to music, obviously, through that part of my family and the kind of extended family tradition of getting together and all singing kind of classic musical type songs. And then my parents grew up playing a lot of music from the kind of 50s and 60s, like a lot of Bob Dylan and and the Beatles and some Elvis and Linda Ronstadt and stuff like that. And so I remember for my ninth birthday, I believe it was, I received the entire Beatles collection on CD. And I was just the happiest little nine-year-old that ever lived. And, and I would say that that gift was extremely significant to me because not only did it, it spark my love of the Beatles, but it really introduced me to songs in a new way. It was, they were no longer just something that happened or like in the background. It like, I started to think about it a little more and the process of, of a song, the creation of a song. And then when I was about, I forget if it was 13 or 14, my dad gave me a guitar, a Yamaha, a really easy to play, just straightforward guitar. And he started to teach me chords. And at first I would get really frustrated and I would get to a chord that I just didn't want to push through. And like a bar chord, say an F or B minor. And he would say, he calls me S which doesn't really make sense. Maybe that's another tangent I'll go off on some other time. But he calls me S and he goes, hey, S, you know, you're really, you're doing that right. If you keep doing it, it'll become easier. And I said, no, dad, I don't like it. It's too hard. And then he'd be like, just try it again. I'm like, okay, you mean like this? And I'd like play it. And he'd be like, exactly. I was like, oh, I didn't like that. And then I would just keep doing it. And it came more naturally to me than I thought it was going to. And so by the time I was, I would say maybe 15 or 16, I had written my my first song and it was about my boyfriend at the time. And it was like this puppy love, you know, 
really silly song that was extremely serious to me at the time. And that's where my my kind of career in songwriting, I don't know if I should call it career at this point because it was just for fun, but that's where that kind of got started. And I've always been an emotional person who has needed a way to express myself, whether it's writing or drawing or painting or, or just singing. And so this really gave me that outlet and it just, it kind of changed my life, I would say. The guitar is is kind of on the the music, the melody side of things. But something that I think is kind of interesting, your grandmother had a way with words. She was a poet. Yes, absolutely. Do you remember like hearing her poems or reading them when you were growing up? Um. Yeah. Oh, she was just the best, and she was so enthusiastic and just full of life. That woman. I feel like. Hold on. Let me see. I feel like I might have one of her very old, or very first, where did I put that? Poetry books. One sec. Let me just look for this. Uh, maybe it's not here. Is it under here? No. Sorry. Some of her poetry was extremely simple and straightforward and very kind of childlike or like her target was to her children. So she would write these poems about her children that were then passed along to her grandchildren. And we would all know her poetry. And it was just a really cool thing to be able to share with her. And then I remember every birthday she would write, I have 11 cousins on the Bridges side. And so for everyone in my family's birthday, she would write for every year, a poem specifically for that person. And looking back, I wish I had kept the collection of my poems, but they were so thoughtful. I mean, and they were so specific to that person's uniqueness. And she had such a wonderful way of capturing that with her words. It was a, it was really wonderful. What about you personally? What would you say affects your heart more? Is it the lyrics or the music? I would say that that depends on many different things. It depends on my mood that I'm in that day. And it depends on where I am. And it depends on the specific song I'm listening to. So, for example, like a song like Moonlight Sonata, I mean, that can make you weep. And it's just these... Da, 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 da. You know, it's these, these notes that just three notes at the beginning there that you just hear and you are so moved. And then there are other days I actually tend to lean more in the direction of being responsive to lyrics as opposed to music because I take my lyrics very seriously. And I would say that's one of my personal strengths is thinking of a way to express yourself and your feelings and put those thoughts and feelings in the world so that other people can relate to them. And maybe the person has no idea what I've gone through, but they can listen to my song and they can say, I have felt that before, or I'm feeling that right now. So in that way, lyrics tend to, you know, no pun intended, speak to me stronger but I don't want to say that and then devalue 
the actual music because I mean, you need both. You need both. Right. You mentioned Moonlight Sonata a second ago. Of other songs from any era, I mean, it could be a classical piece or a pop song. What is your favorite song? Oh, my favorite song. I mean, once again, that goes back to uh, it all depends on my mood and where I am in my day and kind of what's going on internally and externally for me. But I would say one that is kind of a fail safe song is The Weight by the band. Always a good song. I can always get into the groove. I've done, I cover it a lot. It's just pretty much foolproof when it comes to uh, evoking a specific feeling in me. And then, like I said, I'm a huge Beatles fan. So what's maybe in my life by the Beatles is just a, a really kind of perfect in every way. And yeah, I'm going to go with those two for now, but you know, maybe five minutes later I'll have a, <laughs> another one. What about the song that you wrote that has the most meaning? I think that also changes. I would say as I'm growing in my self and as a musician, my writing has become more dynamic and I've been able to access parts of my creative self that I haven't been able to access before. And it's allowed me to express myself in kind of in a new way. So I look back and when I, when I listen to some of my older songs, the value that they have for me is much different than a newer song. So my older songs bring up more of a nostalgia or a kind of a melancholy of that, that bittersweet feeling of, oh, I remember that, but that's no longer happening, but I can still relate to it. So, so for example, you know, Let It Breathe, my latest album, I think about the song Heartbreak and Heart, which is obviously not a happy song. And it came from the story behind it was really interesting because being who I am, I'm an extremely emotionally driven and connected person. And when I love, I love with everything. And so the heartbreaking heart was written about an ex that I had and we had been broken up for something like six years. And I was not only had had the relationship not only been over for six years, but I was also in another relationship with somebody else. And obviously, I couldn't tell this person that I was with that I was writing this song about being heartbroken about. I mean, that got, would have gotten a little messy. But needless to say, I had to find a way of expressing what I was feeling in order to work through it. And I found that in connecting to that part of myself, it was extremely cathartic. And in those moments, when I write a song like Heartbreak and Heart, it's as if I am no longer responsible. It's like I have to surrender to the process. I have to surrender to the music. And, it, and I almost like let it write itself. And people always ask me if I write the, the lyrics first or the music first. And it really varies from song to song, but I would say, generally speaking, I tend to write them together because they 
can't in in I mean in my personal opinion they can't really stand alone I mean it's like they're two sides of the same coin they belong together so so obviously if I don't like the way something sounds or if I don't think a lyrics correct or fits right then I will replace either a chord or a lyric but generally speaking in my songwriting that's how I've I've gone about that so so to kind of think about my favorite song heartbreak and heart comes up for an older song but now I have all these new favorites to pick from and it's just too overwhelming I just can't take it <laughs> I'm just like it's like picking your favorite child I don't have children but I can only imagine how difficult that would be one of the songs kind of in keeping with the vein of what you just said mm-hmm. letter to you yes something in the lyrics that really struck me do you think is it possible to love too passionately to kind of reference your lyrics there yes I absolutely think it is and this is only speaking about me personally I obviously can't speak for anyone else to give you background on that song people think it's a love song and it's actually I wrote it as a message from my older self to my younger self so I was telling her that I know that it feels like you're going through all this right now and I know it feels like you won't get through it. And I know it feels so big that it's going to consume you. But just wait a second because you're going to get older and you're going to gain perspective and you're going to be okay. And so my message to my younger self now looking back, I am a passionate person. And I don't think that my passion will ever be taken away from me or will lessen. But I do think that as I've matured, I'm more capable of kind of harnessing it and not throwing myself into something in a way that will be ultimately detrimental to me and whomever I'm in relation to. But it's finding that balance that's so hard. What is your greatest well of inspiration? Love, fortunately and unfortunately. You know, new love, old love, obviously heartbreak, love, love of myself, love of my family. I mean, love primarily and then I guess secondarily relationships because my relationship to whatever my subject matter is. I mean, I take it. It's like it's a part of me, that relationship. And so, yeah, I would say those two things. What is your greatest source of joy? Mm. Okay, so your last question was my greatest imp- inspiration. I'm going to say love for that. And now I'm going to go, I'm going to take relationship out of that one. And I'm going to put that word into my greatest joy. Okay. Because relating to people is the thing that makes me feel the most alive. I love learning about who people are and where they come from and what excites them and and sharing those intimate parts of me with someone. And so when you have this joint vulnerability and you're able to just relate to each other, there is no greater feeling than that for me. I guess in keeping with relating. Yes. What do you like about performing? Oh, well, I used to have this. I wouldn't say it was a phobia because I always I've always enjoyed performing but it was a resistance. 
And my my knee jerk reaction when people would ask me to play something would be like, oh, no, 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 I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to be in the spotlight. I don't want to be under a microscope. I don't want I and I don't know if I really wanted to share something that was so exposing like this is my you've listened to my music. My my songs are very personal. And and so at first that was what I was experiencing inside when I examined it closer, I realized that that was just fear. And what I really wanted to do was share it all with everybody. And I've noticed as I've been been performing more over the last few years is that the more vulnerable I am, I don't want to say the more well-received I am, but the more relatable I am. So if I sing something that really affected me and I'm able to connect to the song when I'm playing it and perform it to an audience that is then receiving that energy, I feed off of that. So the coolest part about performing is that you are no longer in it alone. You know, you are creating this experience with your audience. The audience is just as much a part of the performance as the performer is. And I do not underestimate that at all. I mean, it's to be able to perform to a crowd who is open to what you have to show and is is able to receive it as like a gift and then give you the gift back. It's really just the coolest thing. You are performing right now and you've released the, the first EP and then this most recent full length album. What do, you, yeah. what do you dream of doing next? I'm actually such a good question. And this is a very exciting week for me because I'm getting ready to release two singles. They will be released online. They'll be available through my website, jessiebridgesmusic.com. They'll also be on iTunes, Spotify, RDO, all of those different avenues of listening. And it's taken me a while to be ready to release something new because I wanted to let let it breathe. My last album that I did, I wanted to give it its own kind of time and space to really live in the world and kind of do what it was going to do. And then I start itching and I like get bored and I'm like, I want to get back into the studio and and I forget how much I love being in the in the studio. So I finished these last two songs. I wrote them, uh, I think last winter I wrote them. And I met up with a buddy, Jeremy D'Antonio, who also lives here in the Bay Area. We went into the studio and wrangled several local musicians who are all incredible people and they're incredible players. And I am so excited to release these songs. Like, it's just like what I was saying. I look back and I listen to my old music and it's makes me feel nostalgic and like it makes me want to cry and it makes me laugh out loud and all these things and then I think about my new material and I just it's my best stuff yet I mean I feel like everything that comes out it's like this is it this is the one but it's (laughs) it's never ending (laughs) of the different avenues I guess recording the the beginning the songwriting and the performing is there one that is more exciting um no that there isn't I keep thinking that whatever one I'm doing at the moment, that's the one that's most exciting. It's like, 
when I'm in the studio, I go, oh, I forgot what this was like. This is amazing. Oh, my God, I need to be in the studio more. And then and then I'm I'm uh, rehearsing for a show and I'm like, oh, my God, this is so great because you get, you get to fine tune the way you want it to sound live. And then you're at the show and I'm getting ready for the gig and it's like all this exciting, nervous energy. And then I get out there and like, oh, my God, that was so amazing. So I'm just kind of sometimes a little over enthusiastic and I need to tone it down a bit. There's nothing wrong with loving every aspect of what you do. No. Oh, and then the writing, too. I start writing a verse, and I'm like, oh, my God, oh, my God, this is going to be the song. But like (laughs) I said, they're all the song. They're all the song. What is the best thing about being Jesse Bridges? Um, I would say the best thing about being me is that I continuously – surprise myself. I mean, every day I do things that I had no idea I could do. And also another thing that I surprise myself by that I really value in growing up. When I was younger, I used to be so afraid of doing things. I mean, the smallest things, whether it be like going to a social situation where I didn't really know anybody and like what if nobody likes me to having an intimate conversation about something that's really scary with somebody who you have a relationship with? I used to feel those fears and then not do those things because I was so afraid. But as I've gotten older, I, I feel the fear. The fear is real. But to do it anyway, and this is actually such a good segue and I didn't even plan this okay perfect I'm gonna play a song for you right now all right let's let's Um, hear it so to feel the fear but to do it anyway is something that has only become more natural to me as I've gotten older and it's still scary but uh so this song's called do it anyway and this is one of the songs I'm going to release this week or I don't know when it's going to come out it's getting mastered at the end of the week but Uh, Should I just go? Do it. Okay. And fighting time will throw you right in 
with the beast. Fly too high and the sun is gonna force you to your knees. It's no use to make excuses. Do it anyway. Do it anyway. There are times when I believe I can change. It's looking good, but then I see. Time shakes things, time breaks things, time makes things better. Wrap a rope around it if you want. Try to hold on to it till it's gone. Some folks even suffocate The very thing they hope won't go away And some roads may not take you where you think you want to go But it's too late No, it's no guitar was kind of out of tune for that i apologize to uh to the listeners <laughs> that's okay it, it, it was very much a from the heart song i could tell yeah absolutely we need more of that given that there's listeners all over the place thanks to yeah. the, the good old internet what would you like to say to anyone who's listening to this huh i would like to say that life isn't easy and nobody's life is easy. We all have our own struggles. And uh, and what a beautiful thing to be able to relate to each other because of that. So to those who may not have faith in the future, may not know where they're going, may not um, believe in themselves, uh, well, reach out and just know that you're not alone and that if we have faith in um, the strength of our community, and I, and I mean community in, in the greater sense, I guess humanity, uh, that we will be able to support each other and lift each other up. And I have struggled with this concept for my entire life. And um, I feel like only now am I learning that I can lean on people. And, um, and 
that means anybody. And I, and I really mean that. And I feel like, um, when I, when I have my shows, whether I'm opening for my dad or not, um, I always like to make an effort to, uh, make myself really available and approachable to the people who are listening to my music. Because as I mentioned earlier, they are so much a part of that experience for me. And, um, and if I can bring somebody joy and if connecting to me does that, then I want to selfishly and, and not, and selflessly, you know, I want to make myself available and I'm hoping that that energy is contagious. And, um, so back to my message to the world, uh, be yourself and, and let people and life and love support you. Well, on the note of yourself, you, Jesse yes. Bridges, who yes. is Jesse Bridges? I am an ever changing, ever evolving, um, life spirit who the second I get too comfortable, well, guess what? I'm kind of screwed because something comes up that I'm not prepared for. And, uh, and kind of, as I mentioned earlier, I always surprise myself in getting through it. Um, I am strength and I am weakness. And I feel like I am, Every opposite you could ever imagine hmm. all rolled into one ball. <laughs> yeah, I'm a contradiction. Do you have one more song in you for all the people out there? Sure. Let me uh, let me tune up. If I'll do it quickly. Yeah, take take your time. A little closing farewell song. Yeah, let's see what I can do. do what would be a good song to do um i know i'm gonna do a song uh from my album let it breathe the song's called something to miss it's my uh the opener on the album and to give it a little background um i mean if i <laughs> we could go on forever with this interview and i i could tell you like a million stories but um, I, prior to me deciding to pursue my career as a musician, I was my dad's assistant uh, on movies. And I worked with him on three movies. And uh, while I had an amazing time, it was obviously uh, riddled with challenges. And one of those challenges was being away from home. And it was during a time where I didn't really have a home. I didn't really know what to call home. And so it brought up this whole question of, well, what is home to me? What does that concept mean? So then I thought about it a little harder and I realized I just wanted something to miss. And so that's where this song came from.
fields know the dust and snow Like lizards in the sun they felt the warmest days Georgia seemed to really love this place The planets high above all burn so bright Here I'll smile and say hello I'm learning there's a lot I didn't know And when I feel it fall away Like sand slipping through my fist I just want something to miss up in the skies but the next time I touch down is when I'll really start to fly life sure gets lonely living in a crowd it's a quick fix to my search for just one town and if you beg for me to stay I'll be that old dog Giving you a big wet kiss I just want something to miss Something to miss I want something to hold on to in my mind When I am miles away from what is mine The highways and the views will come and go Every hand I shake is somebody I now know Each room that I have molded out of clay Will become a stranger's home some sunny day And when it's time for me to leave Another city crossed off of my list I just want something to miss Thank you. Thank you very much for all this, taking your time to talk with us and absolutely playing your music. It's a real pleasure. That was a lot of fun, Paul. Thank you for uh, reaching out. And if you ever have any more questions, I'm I'm around. Goodbye.